Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, everyone, and welcome to JS for Justice. My name is Jay. I'm your host. If you're new here, please click that subscribe button if you like what you see today and give that video a thumbs up. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggy dog. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggy dog. It's a brand new way. What you waiting for? Get up, stretch out, get on the floor. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggy dog. Hot dog, hot dog, diggy dog. It's a brand new way. What you waiting for? Get up, stretch out, get on the floor. This is episode two of the Chris Watts series on JS for Justice podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to check out my website, www.jsforjustice.com. Today's episode is going to be more of a deep dive into the lives of Chris and Shanann, more details that I have never heard and I wanted to share with my audience. And this information comes from the book called The Perfect Father by John Glatt. Shanann was born in Passaic, New Jersey, and when she was still little, they moved from Passaic to Clifton where she attended elementary school. In 1999, when Shanann was 14, the family then moved to Aberdeen, North Carolina. And they state this is because Frank needed more job prospects. He started his own home improvement business and his wife worked in a hair salon. Shanann started her freshman year at Pinecrest High School. And that is where she enrolled in that theater class with Mr. Matt Francis. Mr. Francis was a 25-year-old drama teacher, and the kids that took drama with him really got into the class. Everybody participated, and he really influenced these kids in that class. He had about 40 kids in the class, and Shanann was very shy. Matt Francis is quoted as saying, She was with a group of people that were much more outgoing than she was, but she also realized they cared about her. So I think she started to really thrive. No pun intended, right, Matt? Shanann loved the drama class and found soon that she liked working behind the scenes, working on props and setting up the stage. And over time, her and her teacher became close. After school, Shanann was often in his office, venting and confiding in him about her quote-unquote horrible home life. She told him that her parents were going through a divorce. Although we know now 
that divorce never happened because Shanann's parents are still together. She did confide in Mr. Francis and told him that she didn't get a lot of attention from her dad and he felt that she was really desiring that attention. He felt that the emotions were very raw due to this bitter divorce. Her friend Colby also stated that she knew Shanann was having issues at home. And she said that she spent a lot of time at my house. I'll put it to you that way. And that is Colby Cruz saying that about her friend Shanann in high school. However, her friend also stated that she was absent from school a lot. She just stated that she was having medical problems. Despite all of that, the next year in her sophomore year, she was very integrated into her drama class. She was running everything backstage in her sophomore year. She was a huge help to Mr. Francis. And he thinks that she viewed the drama class and the drama group and the friends that she made as kind of a safe haven. She spent a lot of time working on the sets into the late hours. She also spent her junior year in Mr. Francis's class where she was managing stage productions. She also spent her time in the summer working part-time at a pizzeria in Pinehurst. But all during her junior year, she was spending so much time in Matt Francis's office that the school principal intervened. And what he did was he sent her to a more qualified guidance counselor. But she still continued her friendship with Mr. Francis. And Mr. Francis explains that by saying, she just trusted me and could tell that I really did care. She didn't trust the guidance counselors, so I just listened a lot. In her senior year, Matt Francis left Pinecrest High School, and the reason was to get married. At that time, Shanann was a senior, and she was 18 years old. She wrote him a letter saying that she would never forget him. And here's a quote from that letter via Matt Francis. You have been like a father figure to me, even more than my own father. Also in her senior year, Shanann started dating Leonard King. We talked about Leonard King in the first episode, but there are some details that we did not know then. Leonard and Shanann were already engaged when Shanann graduated high school. Leonard King was also a Pinecrest High School student. Soon after they graduated, they married. Shanann then started college and Leonard joined the army. And the reason he joined the army was as a means to ultimately go to law school. Shanann didn't last too long in college. She dropped out of college and got a job selling pagers and cell phones. And Shanann is quoted as later on saying that she never completed college. She was in a bad relationship and quit college to take care of her husband so he could go to law school. Within a few years, Shanann became the manager of a cell phone store. And this was in Fayetteville. And it was owned by Hisham Bedwan. So she met Hisham in 2006. And for the next few years, she worked for him. And then eventually... She became the bookkeeper and office manager. Dirty South Customs had two locations, one in Fayetteville and one in Charlotte, North Carolina. She managed both stores. And at the time, she was, she was given the use of a custom Cadillac Escalade. Leonard King would state later that after she started managing the Dirty South Customs stores, that she just stopped coming home at night. She wouldn't tell him where she was. And like we talked about in the first episode, he wanted to do counseling, but she wasn't very interested in saving the marriage. So the next year in 07, they divorced. And Shanann moved on to Charlotte, North Carolina. And she signed up for a psychology class. Shanann is also quoted about their breakup and divorce as saying, I went through a real awful divorce, and that relationship took a lot from me. It literally took everything. 
I had to start financially all over. So Shanann must have come a long way in two years from being divorced and having to financially start all over because in 2009, she signed the mortgage for $309,000 on that big brick house in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we've seen in her prior videos where she said, I was 25 years old when I built my first house. That was the biggest accomplishment I have ever done because I did it by myself. I did it by working my tail off. She worked her tail off and was able to build a 4,000 square foot, 12 room home that had four bedrooms and four bathrooms and had a balcony with views of the lake, a nice sunroom and a custom made kitchen. And Shanann decorated this house with brand new top of the line furniture. And when asked, her brother Frankie later estimated that she was earning almost half a million dollars a year during this period. And here's a quote from Frankie. She was very wealthy. She was doing very good and she was very business savvy. She was pretty, but she could talk the talk and walk the walk. But soon after moving into her four bedroom home on Peninsula Drive, Shanann fell ill. She stated her hair started falling out and she lost 20 pounds in a month, going from a size six into a size one. I was feeling extremely terrible, she said, to the point I did not want to get out of bed for days. Once Chris and Shanann went public with their relationship, and this happened to be on November 25th of 2010, she posted a photograph of her and Chris on Instagram and titled it, My Baby. A few days later, they had a cookout and they invited both sets of parents and Chris's sister, Jamie. According to Cindy, it was not a success. She says that Shanann's brother and dad were very, very nice. But Sandy was very outspoken and she didn't feel very comfortable around her. Shanann was the first girlfriend that Cindy Watts ever met. And they go and they meet Shanann Rusek, Shanann King, at her big, huge house on the lake. And Cindy and both Jamie wondered how she could afford to live such a lavish lifestyle. So apparently there was a little friction between the two, the two parents, or shall I say, the two mothers from that first day. Sandy Rusek is quoted as saying, they were floored when they saw her house, the Watts. Shanann was a hard worker and wanted to eventually sell and make a profit. Comes from a family of contractors. After they got done eating at that first barbecue, Shanann and Chris took their dads and sister Jamie on a tour of the home, <laughs> mistakenly leaving their mothers alone on the back porch. Sandy recalls a conversation between her and Cindy. She stated that Cindy leaned over to her and said, Shanann was married before? And Sandy piped back, yes, just like your daughter was. Sandy went on to say, I knew she was going to be a thorn in the marriage. So every time we had cookouts, his mom and sister were quite distant. We weren't accepted. They made that known. His sister, Jamie, said, we met her and we weren't sure. But we would do anything to make him happy because he was happy. Shanann and Chris's first Christmas together was spent at the Rusek's house. And this would be the first year that Chris had not spent the holidays with his family and they missed him. 
They rang in the New Year's together, also with Shanann's parents and brother Frankie. This was also shown in photos on Instagram. This caption read, our first New Year's together. Meanwhile, back at 1000 Peninsula Drive, Chris had moved in with Shanann. And every day he drove his 2006 Ford Mustang to his job at Mooresville Ford. And now at this time, Shanann was working part-time at the Dirty South and also was running her own photography business. And now we are on to a player that I've never talked about before. Her name is Gina Dietz. Gina Dietz met Shanann on a website where Shanann was advertising her services as a nanny. Shanann came over and met the family, so they hired her to watch their 18-month-old son, Eli. At the time, Gina was pregnant with her second child. Towards the end of Gina's pregnancy, she was at home while waiting to deliver her baby, and Shanann was there taking care of her 18-month-old son. And during that time, they got very close. In the beginning of August of 2011, Chris and Shanann rented a house in Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. Shanann's parents joined them there. Chris had purchased an engagement ring, and his plan was to propose on the beach. But Chris Watts first asked Frank Rusak for his daughter's hand in marriage, which Frank immediately gave his blessing. Newly engaged that Thanksgiving, they went to Colorado and spent a week with Gina and Charlie Dietz and their new home in Broomfield. It was during that visit that the Watts decided to move to Colorado. That was the first time that the Dietzes had ever met Chris, and they were impressed by how devoted he was to Shanann. Gina said he was attentive and kind, but shy and introverted. He loved my kids. For the next few months, Shanann and Gina were in daily contact. Gina was telling Shanann how good that fresh mountain Colorado air would be for her lupus. Because Gina was a nurse. And Gina says, we were constantly texting and talking. And I brought up the idea that they should move to Colorado. Meanwhile, the plan of the wedding continued. At the same time, Sandy and Shanann were busy planning the engagement party. And they asked Jamie Watts to order all gluten-free food and also to send out the invitations. Jamie was later accused of not sending out all of the invites, which she denies. She sent uh, she stated, I sent out all of the invites. Minus a couple of people, everyone was there. Shanann's mother also accused Jamie of ordering no gluten-free food. Cindy Watts was already upset about the announcement of the move to Colorado, and things escalated from there. As a result of this incident, Chris cut off all contact with his family. He would not take their calls, and he had nothing to do with them. Jamie reached out to her brother prior to the wedding in order to mend fences so that everybody could attend the wedding, but she got no response. It would be more than two years before the Watts would speak to their son again, and when they did, it was Chris calling them to say that Shanann was pregnant with Bella, and he wanted things to be okay with everyone. Basically, he acted like nothing ever happened, and Cindy Watts at that time said to herself, you know what, if this is what Chris wants, I will shut my mouth. Shanann asked Gina to be her maid of honor. And she also asked Gina's son to be the ring bearer and Gina's daughter to be flower girl. 
Over the next few months, Shanann and Gina were in daily contact. Gina was telling Shanann how good that fresh mountain Colorado air would be for her lupus because Gina was a nurse. And Gina says, we were constantly texting and talking, and I brought up the idea that they should move to Colorado. Apparently, Chris lived in Colorado for six months while Shanann was back in North Carolina to sell her house. Gina stated that while Chris was there living with them for the six months, he bonded with her daughter, Eva. Eva wanted him when she was sad or when she was crying. She wanted Chris for comfort. She was amazed at how well he bonded with her daughter. She stated he kind of became like a third parent. And while he was living with them, he was working at Longmont Ford and saving all of his money for their purchase of their home. Even though Chris was working long hours at Longmont Ford, Shanann encouraged him to take an online class, a communications class, at Piedmont College back in North Carolina. Chris obliged and signed up for the class. And that is where we see the video later on of the relationship deterioration speech. That speech was conducted in Gina and Charlie's kitchen, and he had to have an audience. So Gina and Charlie invited some friends over, and Charlie recorded that video in his kitchen. Friend Gina also said that her and her husband had discussed Shanann and Chris's dynamics. She is quoted as saying that her husband would not be happy if she was telling him what to do. But she did say that the Watts dynamics worked for them. He seemed to thrive in that kind of a relationship. Gina Dietz was even there when Bella was born. She joined Chris in the delivery room for the birth of Bella. When Shanann found out that she was pregnant, she started buying little girl clothes and she posted on Instagram a picture of a dress that she bought for Bella. And Gina remembers that Shanann had baby clothes before she even tried to get pregnant. Gina is quoted as saying she was always prepared. She had baby clothes even before her and Chris decided to try to have a baby. So this friend also helped Shanann get the job at the children's hospital that she had for four years. They maintained their friendship at that time, and Gina even helped deliver Celeste in 2015. And this friend mysteriously vanished out of Shanann's life in 2017. As a matter of fact, it's January the 2nd of 2017 is the last time Gina is seen on Shanann's Facebook profile. Prior to January 2nd of 2017, she was very heavily involved in commenting on Shanann's posts. After that date, there is nothing and nothing also in 2018. So where is Gina now? And what happened to Gina and Shanann's friendship? Why was she not in the discovery? Or was she? And I missed it. 2,000 pages and information overload. Chris was also a student that was memorable to one of his teachers. His auto shop class was taught by Mr. Joe Duty, and Chris was one of his star pupils. Duty was also somewhat of a mentor to Chris. Duty is quoted as saying, it's hard to find a more perfect kid. He was in the top 10% of students I ever had. He was very quiet and introverted, but he was always completely polite and courteous. Chris was obsessed with NASCAR in high school. And his teacher also recalls that he had a photographic memory and he could recite anything you wanted to know about NASCAR from memory right off the top of his head. And I was very impressed with that. His teacher was also struck by how isolated Chris was. 
and never saw him speak to a girl or have a girlfriend. His teacher often wondered, what's going on in his head? He said it was like the wheels were spinning, but he was by himself. One girl that Chris did become close with in high school, her name was Brandy Smith. She remembers him being smart and gentle. They had conversations about music. She was kind of an outcast, and he just seemed to get her. Lance Alfonso played football with Chris in high school and said that he's never seen him get angry at anybody, that he was almost too easygoing. Mr. Duty also remembers Chris driving that Ford Mustang that his father bought him and helped him fix up. In 2003, Joe Duty brought 17-year-old Chris and another student to Winston-Salem, where they competed in the North Carolina statewide automotive competition. Chris is quoted in an article from that competition. When I was a kid, I watched car shows and went to races. He added that his dream car would be a 69 Boss 429 Mustang. When Chris left home in 2003 and went to the NASCAR Tech Institute, his mom said that they helped pay his rent and got him on his feet. Because he was in school five days a week, they would help him out with groceries, car insurance, and all of his necessities. But to supplement his income, Chris did find a part-time job at the Ford dealership in Mooresville. And he rented an apartment with another NASCAR student named Richard Hodges. And Hodges said that Chris was straight as an arrow, dedicated to his work, and he wasn't the kind of guy that went out and partied. Chris would rather study in his bedroom than go out every night drinking. He was pretty reserved, said Hodges, and not the kind of guy who's just going to walk up and introduce himself to make friends. In 06, Chris graduated from the NASCAR tech school and started working full-time at Mooresville Ford as a service tech making good money, and bought himself a hot rod Mustang. He was saving for his future. That was when his cousin Nicole suggested he send a Facebook friend request to her work colleague, Shanann Rusek King, who was coming out of a bad marriage. And that was when Chris Watts sent his first friend request to Shanann. I hope that this background has helped you better understand the two key players in this case, Chris and Shanann Watts. By giving you background into their early adulthood as we move forward and discussing the case of Chris Watts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 